Oof. It's different than watching you guys from here. Definitely, huh? Well, I just, uh, I want to pray first and ask the Lord to come. I know he's already here. Um, so, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this church. Lord, I just see a church that, uh, um, that's the church that will mentor many, Lord, for the kingdom. It's a church that will release many, Lord God, into their destinies. So, Father, I just pray that you will re- renew that anointing on this church, Lord God. And, Lord, I pray that your presence will be here today. You're welcome, Holy Spirit, to come and minister and speak and speak through me and, and, just, and just encourage the people that are here, Lord, with your word. And, Lord, I pray that you will open the heavenlies upon this place, Lord God. Let your angels come and minister to those who are broken heart, to those who are carrying heavy burdens, Lord. I just pray, Father, you will come and bring deliverance to those who need to be delivered, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for Jesus, your Son. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I have the message I have. Byron asked me to share three different things that I, or some, that he told, told me to get three different things, the most important things that I have learned during this time in Calvary Community Church. And I came, I feel like the Lord gave me three things, three keys that are very important um, for ministry or for work or whatever you do in, in your normal life. One is brokenness, grace, and discipleship or mentorship. Um, and so I'm going to start first with brokenness, but, you know, I just feel that God is not only moving in the earth today, but it's moving within me. You know, he's breaking me, he's, he's molding me, and he's restoring his tabernacle inside of me, you know, so that whatever I go, he's going with me, you know. Uh, and I know he's done that through through people like you guys, you know, that were willing to pour in my life during this time. So um, I have learned that there's two things you can do. One is to resist what he's doing, or the other one is to move forward with it. You know, and, um, you know, and God uses different things so that he will call on your attention. And one is brokenness. You know, and uh, the verse I want to use is in Isaiah 53, um, uh, chapter 53, verses 5, it says, He was wounded for my transgression, and he was bruised for my, our iniquities. We will not be able to identify with Jesus who says, unless I'm able to identify with him in his brokenness or wounds. This does, does not necessarily mean that somebody will come and nail us to a cross, but there will be times in our walk with him where God will allow different kinds of afflictions to come our way, it almost looks like it has different stages where Christ experienced them, all of them on the cross. You know, so there comes a question, you know, that I came out and said, Lord, what is, what is to be broken? What it means to be broken? And, and I went to the dictionary and there's different roots for it. Um, you know, it says properly to be wrapped or worn, hence to be weak, sick, afflicted, to grieve, made sick also to struggle. And flattering and treat. There's another translation that said, beseech, to put to grief, to be grieved, 
infirmity, entreat, lay to, put to pain, pray, make prayer, be fall, make seek, sore, be sorry, make supplication, woman, and travail. Uh, and then it led me to another one, which is broken heart. And pretty much what that means is people who feel their spiritual bankruptcy or feel that they're in bankruptcy and helplessness and who long for the help and salvation of God, such people are in the right condition to be made and blessed by God. You know? And I want to read Isaiah 66, verse 2 and 3. Um, you know, I'll find it real quick. I have the NIV. I know Byron don't like that. The watered-down version. Uh, it says, Has not my hands made all these things? And so they came into being. This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles on my word. You know, it's funny that God takes you to places where you just don't have any defense. You become a defenseless person. And that is when he can begin to speak to you. And to me, that means broken. Where he takes you through different times in your life where you feel like, you know, I either run from this situation or I let you, Lord, speak to me. I remember when I used to work a singular, you know, Donna was my boss. And and um, I know. And she'll come and have something from the Lord or something that, you know, she saw that I needed to, with respect to the job, to change or something, you know. And I either had two options with her, to resist that or to allow her to speak into my life and learn from her. And I learned, I learned that the other way is easier, not to resist Donna, you know. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> you know... Uh, but it's funny to, you know, to me that um, another translation also says that, um, that when you're broken or wound means to punch a hole, to perforate in an instrument like a flu, you know. And I want to call Ann to come up here and um, do something for me. <clears throat> Let's see this flu has no hole. Try to blow in. All right, now with the holes. Thank you. Isn't that good? Sounds good, doesn't it? It says, I feel like God, I mean, I feel like God was punching holes in me through different things in my life to create his melodies. You know, and um, I feel that the Lord was doing the same thing with Jesus. It says in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 and 12, it says, Yet he, it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. He, when he makes himself an offering for sin, he shall, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of his travail, of his soul, and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be account righteous. And he shall bear the iniquities 
Therefore I will divide with him, or divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide his poor with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The Lord was doing music with Jesus. You know, he, he was punching him on the cross, and then he was able to make music. You know, and um, I want to share a little testimony alongside with this. Um, I came from a very good church where we learned the word of God since we were little. You know, you're taught to stay still in church. You're taught to, to memorize the scripture. It's excellent. But in my heart, I didn't know this. Deep inside of me, I, was, I had these rules that I was creating that I thought, if you do this, Lord, then I will be pleased to you. You know, I will be accepted by you. So I used to laugh at the Catholics because I saw they'll take, you know, they'll go walking for miles to, you know, down there in Argentina just to, to, to go and see the Virgin Mary and touch her feet and, and find forgiveness. And I used to tell them, you don't have to do that. You know, Jesus already done that for you. But I didn't realize that in my heart, inside of me, I have all these rules where I was, you know, like fasting twice a week, giving my tithes. I sound like a Pharisee pretty much, you know, and uh, just seeking the Lord. And I appreciate all what my church is. I don't think they meant to put that in my heart. But I, found, I, found, I have found this in, with my children, that when I have rules, when I have said no to Victoria, no, 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 so many times, she rebels against me. You know, of course, she's a Latin girl, so. But anyway, it's easier when I can sit down with her and explain to her, you know, this is the reason why I don't want you to do this, Victoria. You know, because you're going to get this, this, and this are the consequences. Now you choose. And sometimes I let her do it because I've, I see that she learns by doing that and making mistakes. You know? And, um, but see, so I, I was doing the same thing in my heart. I was like, every step I was going to make, I was thinking, Lord, am I pleasing you? Am I doing this right? I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to make sure that I'm not going to make a mistake in here. And you know what happened? I was becoming a Pharisee. My relationship with him was based on rules. You know, I didn't understand that God loved me so much. You know, that it's not because of what I do or who I, you know, who I am, but because of what he is. He is love. You know? And so, um, I remember, you know, then I grew up with this, and then, of course, I went on and married Nova. And as many of you know, you know, there comes a big blowout, you know, I blew it. You know, I met Jim and Kathy, and I never meant to hurt them. But see, it's like, you know, I I remember going with Matthew to his bachelor party and Nathan and, and some of the guys from the Church of the Mountains. That was fun, but um, uh, we were sitting down, and they were talking of some of the stuff they have done in the past and how the Lord forgave them and gave them another chance. And I could see grace all over them, just, you know. But I, you know, and I was like sitting there, and I said, Lord, I don't, I didn't do any of those things, you know. But catch this, I needed grace the same way they needed it. Because I was, my pride was blinding me from receiving the very thing they were able to receive. So, you know, um, when um, we went through that time, 
of brokenness with Noah. And, you know, I went back to Argentina to confront the people out there by myself. And I was talking to my pastor, and I walked to the kitchen, and my daddy was talking to him and telling, telling him that I have a loaf. And that word is just like, never, you never heard that thing over there. So he was like, all right, give me a chair. I need to sit down, son. You know, because he was like, for him was like, here his son, he saw me growing up. I feel him, you know, and I feel horrible. I feel like I have committed the greatest sin. But, you know, God was allowing those things in my life so that I could recognize that without him, you know, I just, I couldn't do anything. So, well, this is what he told me. You know, I want you to go out there and share with the church because I was coming back after three months being down there. And um, don't say what you've done. You know, because my pastor, you got to think of this, he's a father, and he was trying to protect me. But in that, I didn't say the whole truth. I, 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 it's like I came with a bondage. I was like I, was, I couldn't be set free because I wasn't honest with the people that I grew up with. See, it's like I couldn't expose myself. And here I am, the Holy One, and, you know, I'm gone because, you know, I'm married now, and i got to go to fulfill my duty of, of a husband now. But I didn't say, you know, I messed it up big time, you know. And so um, for me, it's like I carry that thing. And I came all the way here, and, and I, could, I saw that thing going through with me through the first year of my marriage. And I feel ashamed for, for all that time, you know. But then the Lord began to work in me. And, um, um, and I began to to hear that his melodies being played through my life. Um, because I understood one thing, that God seeks not to crush me, but to liberate me. And liberate, liberation requires a defenseless spirit, you know, a contract spirit. Repentance is the doorway to grace. In other words, walking in repentance is knowing who you are without him. And that's what I needed to know. Because I needed to know who I was without Jesus. So when I began to understand that, it's like I was being set free inside. It's like, whew, man, I don't have to carry this thing anymore, you know? It was necessary for me to go through that and be broken. So, because, see, this is what happened. When all those rules came tumbling down, I didn't know what to run. I, I was, like, naked. I was like, Lord, I don't have, I don't, you know, if I do this, 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 and this, if it, it, it feels like it's not working anymore, you know? And, um, you know, in his mercy, he took me through the time so that I will be more aware of what I have neglected than what I have, than what I have achieved in life. See, I have neglected many things. And um, um, let me tell you something that I read in a book I want to share with you. It says the church has spent, church has spent so, many, so much time stressing in as the fear of making mistakes that she has made us like ill-taught piano students. We play our songs, but we never really hear them because our main concern is not to make music but to avoid some flaw that will get us in trouble. You know, Jesus proclaimed unmistakably that God's law is so perfect and absolute that no one can achieve it. No one can achieve righteousness. Yet, His grace is so great that we don't have to. You know? And out of that, 
God began to, when I came here, God began to raise people like Becky Myron, you know, of course, Jim and Kathy, um, you know, Chuck and John and Dean, Rhonda, and, you know, um, Neil and Bonnie and others that were willing to invest in my life and saw what God saw that I couldn't see, you know, that I was his precious joy. And people and friends, you know, like Maud and Marlon and Brad and, you know, and Jamal, you know, people that they were able to see the Lord moving in my life. And because of them, I was, I was able to, I rose from that position of shame and said, Lord, you have something else for me. I have two choices. I either stay here and be miserable for the rest of my life or I walk home victory and believe that what you have done is enough for me. You know, and so it's, it's like... It's like grace is not grace until you need grace, you know. And um, then thanks to these people and the mentorship of these people, I understood this. Simply, you know, the discipleship simply means the, the life that springs from grace, you know. Why? It's because if you understand what the Lord has done for you, you will just run after him. If, you know, if you understand the love he has for you, you know, it's like the prodigal son, the father, the last sick father who's waiting for his son to come home. You know, it's like see, if you understand that, it, it, it's not going to be hard for you to serve him. It'll come out of a heart of thankfulness, you know, thanksgiving. And, um, and, but I also saw that it's very important to have mentors, you know. Um, and I'm going to switch the message there a little bit, and I'm going to go to Psalm 71. Uh, verse 17, 18, it says, Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I'm all ungrade, do not forsake me. Until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. You know, and in order to be able to do this, you must be broken, and you must be able to receive grace in your life, because otherwise you have nothing to give to anybody. You know, it's, it's just like you can't flow. It's like, you know, you will go to a certain point, but from then on you'll be like, I don't have nothing else, you know. And um, I, I have learned that God's revelation and wisdom is passed down the line through his mentors or disciples. God uses this key to release people into their destinies, allowing him to be revealed to the new generations, you know. And uh, that's what I saw through these people that were speaking in me. That, you know, because we have a call to reproduce in God's kingdom, to multiply. And you can see that in Judge, you know, when, when the judges got to a point and Joshua died, Judge, you know, says in, in chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, says, when all that generation has gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work he had done for Israel. Think about this. Think about if we take all these elders, if we take all these people who have walked with the Lord for 25 years, 30 years, 50 years, and we just leave the young people in this church. You know, you know that's going to be tough. You know, that's going to be tough. <laughs> Sarah's looking at you. Yeah. I mean, because they, they know how it is. I mean, we have young people that are very committed to the Lord. And I know that the Lord can raise them up. But it's going to be tough for them. So, um... Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm clear on what I'm saying. But. Okay. Um, 
Then I feel the Lord um, took me to Matthew 13:52. Um, and I'll wait for that one until you find it. I think it's important. And I'm going to say again that I feel that this church is a church of mentors. You guys have a tremendous anointing to mentor people and release them into their destinies. And I, I think, you know, you may not be a number yet, you know, and I, or, you know, quantity, but the quality of this in this church is amazing. You know, and the Lord will, will expand this church, you know, not necessarily through numbers, but you will be able to extend your wings and touch many places. You know, through the people in this church, and missions and and uh, conferences that you know, Becky and Byron probably will be doing soon. And and um, I don't know if I'm prophesying, but you can take it or leave it. You know. So uh, you know, and um, people will raise the Lord will raise other people to take their place. Of, the Lord begins to raise them up. You know, and. Um, but anyways, Matthew thirteen fifty two says, And Jesus says to them, Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom, or which is instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven, is like a head of a household who brings out his, of his treasure things new and old. You know, I, like, I went and looked for that word, bring forth. It says, As occasion demands a sickness or calamity, or the wants of his family, or the poor required, you know. And then treasures mean, the word treasures here means a place of deposit, not for money merely, but for anything necessary for the comfort of the family. It is the same as treasure or place of deposit. So I came up with this, you know, thing. It says, a disciple should be like the father of the family, distributed to the church as it needs, and out of his treasure or wisdom, bringing forth truth to confirm the feeble, to enlighten the ignorant, and to recover and guide those who are in danger of striding away. So, I want to be something like that. I want to be what Jesus was in, a good scribe, a good disciple, that was just able to learn the things, you know, and build from the past towards the future. See, they are our peers. The mentors in this church now are peers for the future generations, you know, and we need them so that God can raise up, you know, people that are holy. And don't get me wrong, you know, I encourage every youth in this church and every person that walk with Christ to seek him and to seek holiness and to walk with him with fear and trembling because he is a holy God. But see, you can't do that until you understand what it means to be broken and what it means to, you know, have received His grace and His love. Then you are able to begin to walk in this. Yes, you will make mistakes. And God will come and make holes in your life so that his, the melodies of grace can flow through you. And just, you know, just not to entertain people, but to, to bring deliverance and to bring salvation and to be used to go to the lost you know, in your job and in the, in, in the place you work, in the school, that, you know, God will begin to make melodies through you. And if you allow him, he will begin to, you know, to flow just through, to blow through the uh, flu and begin to make music through you. You know, and you will become a disciple, you know, 
that has good treasures. And then you will be able to take things from old and new, and you will be able to mix them with anointing. God will use you to speak to those who are, you know, captives and, and you know, in dungeons and they can't get set free. But when you speak the word, the Holy Spirit will speak forth from you, and they will get set free, you know. So I just want to live with this. You know, I know that I'm going to Argentina, and it sounds like a great ministry and all this stuff, but I know that unless I walk in humble and a defenseless spirit, God won't be able to pour in me. So my prayer is, Lord, I want to walk in that, in a contrite spirit, in a humble spirit. I don't want to deal anymore in rules and, and regulation and trying to police you doing this and that, you know. I want to walk in the spirit and the new law, you know. So um, those are the things that this church has imparted me which I think they are very important in your work with Christ. I can tell you these things, but unless the Holy Spirit don't reveal it to you, and that is my prayer today, that you will listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. Let the Holy Spirit put this sea in your heart and let it grow. You know, I remember like when I was like them over there in my church. I would fall asleep when my pastor was preaching. See, the church there goes goes from... From 6 in the afternoon to 10 at night. It's long, man. You see the kids, you know, you just don't know what to do with your kids. You you spank, you just spank them, you just let them fall, fall on the floor and, you know. But one thing I've learned is that those kids, kids grow up knowing the Lord. They hear the word. Allow the kids to come in. I'm not saying, you know, bring them from over there, but I'm just saying what you're doing with them is great. It's different, though. You know, culture is different, so you can't speak, even though sometimes I say, why don't we have the kids in the church? You know, I think it would be nice. But I've seen what it is to have in them, and the pastor trying to preach and keep the attention after two hours of saying things. You know, think about that, and then it's hot, 120 degrees, and you're sweating, you know, and you just, your shirt sticks to your body, you know, but all of a sudden the anointing hits the, the place. And everything just doesn't matter, you know. So, Father, I just pray today that this, you will release your anointing in this place, Lord. That it will mean, rules will mean nothing. The Lord, traditions, Lord, they are important to a certain level, Lord. But we need the revelation of the Holy Spirit that we may walk in Him and live and continue in You, Lord God. I just pray, Lord God, that You will raise a generation, that You will use the older and the new generation, Lord God. Lord God, the deposit that you have placed in this church to reach out to the nations, to reach out in Morseville, to reach out into the churches, Lord God. You have called this church, bring forth. You have called this church to come into being, Lord Jesus. Lord God, to speak the word into Morseville. Lord God, unless you raise this church, who will do it, Lord? Lord, we can't do it. So I'm asking you, Lord God, that while I'm in Argentina, I will hear the reports of what you began to do, Lord God, through Becky and Byron, through the elders, through the youth group, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, that you will use every instrument, the Lord God, that every builder in this church, Lord God, will realize how important he is, Lord God, as part of the body of Christ. So, Lord, I just pray, release that anointing, Lord Jesus. Release that anointing, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I just pray they, that they won't no longer strive, Lord God. No longer strive. If there's people here who are striving to, to please you, Lord God, and, and they don't understand, I'm just asking for mercy, Lord Jesus. 
I'm asking you that you will reveal yourself to them. And I I'm continue to ask you, Lord God, for mercy for my life. Lord God, that, that in the moment I begin to put rules and regulations, you will remind me that it's more important knowing God than to have all these things. Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that um, your presence will continue to be here, Lord. Thank you for this awesome place, Lord God. Thank you for this church. Lord God, we'll miss them. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, as we go, Lord Jesus, oh, Holy Spirit, I just pray you, you will use every member of this church, Lord, that they will cling to you, Lord Jesus. Only you, Lord. 